0: Thank you. A los Everyone I wish everyone
1: is, was as perfect as you, Pete. What up, Internet? I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's March 15th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. If you want to chat with us during the show, add commentary, spar with other members. It was a little spicy in the chat yesterday, I was told. Uh, You can join us at rubenreport.locals.com. As for that cold open this morning, I don't know exactly why we used that one, but it's like, these people are all ridiculous. And, well, I guess I do know why, because we're going to show you some slightly less ridiculous people today and some very, very, uh, even more so ridiculous people. But before we do any of that, and before we get to SVB, and before we get to Biden trying to ban guns and all the other craziness of the world, there is a story that you probably have not seen uh, that has been breaking over the last couple of days that is so hilarious, so ridiculous, such a perfect example of everything that is wrong with everything that we have to show you this clip. It is so, this is wild. This is absolutely wild. Everyone on earth needs to see this. It's so spectacular. So Newark, New Jersey, you guys know Newark, New Jersey. The mayor of Newark, New Jersey, did a sister city uh, situation with another nation. And th- these things happen. You know, you hear about this. You know, London is a sister city of New York City or something like that. These things happen. Sometimes they do it. You know, uh, Canada is a sister country with Zimbabwe or whatever it might be. Newark, New Jersey became a city sister, a sister city with an imaginary place. And there was a whole freaking procession for it. It is just so incredible. We're going to show you some local news to kick off the show apropos of nothing else other than what in the world is happening on this planet.
2: WHAT STARTED OFF AS A SEEMINGLY WELL-INTENTIONED PARTNERSHIP HAS TURNED INTO A GIANT EMBARRASSMENT FOR THE CITY OF NEWARK. EARLIER THIS YEAR MAYOR ROSS Baraka INVITED WHAT HE THOUGHT WAS THE HINDU NATION OF Kailasa TO NEWARK CITY HALL FOR A CULTURAL TRADE AGREEMENT. BUT IT TURNS OUT Kailasa IS NO NATION AT ALL. IT'S A FAKE
1: very embarrassing for the city.
2: I truly don't even have words for it. I'm really sorry for the city that they got duped in that way. Though it has a detailed website, Kailasa has no real government. It's the brainchild of Swami Nithyananda, a notorious scam artist and fugitive from India who has been on the run from rape charges since 2019. A few days after the papers were signed, City Council rescinded the agreement.
3: This is an oversight could not happen any longer.
2: In a statement, City Hall said, although this was a regrettable incident, the city of Newark remains committed to partnering with people from diverse cultures in order to enrich each other with connectivity, support, and mutual respect.
1: There's so much there. First off, the, the statement at the end, of course, somehow it had to get diversity into the statement. It, we are so into diversity. We will make up nations to partner with. It's just so perfect. Like, just everything about it, like, like incompetence and faux, pho- fake nonsense related to diversity. It just—it's just so perfect. And there's something nice about watching a local news program. You know, like a little news package from the local people. You forget what that used to be like. But uh, Kayasa, I thought that's where the Wookies were from, but apparently not. That's something else. We've got to make Kayasa great again. We're gonna get the uh, the foreign minister of Kayasa on the show to clean this up. I mean. Anyway, that's a bit of a throwaway today. Uh, the show, really, now let's get to the real meat of the show. I, we, we should make Kiyasa t-shirts. I'm not kidding. Like insane, just insane. Uh, but the real meat of the show today is that all of this woke policy and the woke culture, and by the way, there's a little meme going around the internet right now that people cannot define woke, that everyone says woke, but cannot define it. I was actually on Newsmax yesterday. They asked me about it. I defined it pretty quickly. I didn't even know they were gonna ask me the question, but in essence, let me just do this once right here on the show in case you're just catching up and you have no idea what woke means. Woke is basically the desire for equity, equal results rather than equality which is equal opportunity, right? Those are the, the basics of it through a racialized or sexualized lens, and then the subsequent destruction of everything we knew to be true. Uh, that is pretty much it. You can find out more. I did a little Twitter thread on it this morning too, destroying Ted Liu, Congressman Ted Liu, who's just an absolute clown. Anyway, uh, the point of the show today is that between woke policy and, and the culture wars that are raging, uh, you've got to try to stay sane throughout all of it. So we've got some funny clips for you later in the show. And, and you've got to just be able to, to understand what the issues are and then go ahead and live your life. That really is the point. These guys are going to make it really difficult because they're going to cause financial meltdowns. They're going to cause political crises, worldwide pandemics and everything else. But there is a way to pilfer out a good life through this, right? There really is. Uh, That's what my focus is here. It's what my focus is in my life. It's what we're all trying to do. I think it's what you're trying to do. And that's what we're going to get you to today. Uh, Before I get to it, let me talk to you guys about Birch Gold real quick. You know, you can buy gold and get a free safe to store it in with Birch Gold. That's right, on qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group. Now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Visit birchgold.com Slash Dave to get your free info kit on gold and claim eligibility for your free safe. Here's the deal the feds keep raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control. Just ask the executives at FSVB. Uh, And it ain't working, guys. You can't spend your way out of inflation. You've seen the impact on the stock market, you've seen the impact on your savings. Hedge inflation by owning gold whether physical gold and silver in your safe or through an IRA and precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Visit birchgold.com slash Dave today for your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st. That's birchgold.com slash Dave. And now back to me. Okay, Let's dive right into it. Have you heard of this Jordan Peterson fella? I think I've mentioned him once or twice on the show. Uh, Jordan is the leading, I would say, public intellectual in the world. I don't think there is a human being on earth in modern times that has affected the thinking in a positive fashion uh, more than Jordan Peterson. Uh, Jordan went on Tucker Carlson last night. He's on a mini break from the tour starting up again in about uh, six weeks, I think. Uh, He went on Tucker Carlson last night to discuss the dire consequences uh, that are occurring because of this conflation between wokeness and climate law. Uh, It's quite good, it's about a minute long, take a look.
3: The modern environmental movement doesn't seem to be doing a lot for the actual environment. It's my observation. What do you think that's about?
2: well i think the best example of that's probably both sri lanka and germany i mean sri lanka is a absolute wasteland at the moment as a direct consequence of idiot hypothetically environmentalist policies and then in germany energy is much more expensive than it was it's much more in re- unreliable than it was the germans are dangerously dependent on dictators and the russians And uh, that's all a consequence of hypothetical environmentalist policies. So even by the standards laid down by the environmentalists themselves, the policies that were put in place that were pro-environmental are failing. So when you hear people say things like, human beings are nothing but a cancer on the face of the planet, or there's too many people on the planet for the earth to, to feed, let's say, then you're seeing reflections of that underlying pseudo-religious narrative. And it's extraordinarily dangerous.
1: He's just the best. Uh, the line that I really like there, hypothetical environmentalist policy, that is what is constantly being pushed on us. The Green New Deal. Don't use your gas stove. Don't drive or turn your lights on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As, of course, we know the very people pushing this are flying their private planes all over the world to tell you what you should eat. You should eat bugs, by the way. Uh, They should eat filet mignon. I am having filet mignon tonight. We're having some friends over. Uh, But hypothetical environmentalist policy, the point being that they purport it to do good for Mother Earth, but it often doesn't, and then you end up in a situation where we actually push decent Western societies to make alliances with countries, say China, Saudi Arabia, or, Saudi Arabia, or Iran, uh, to fall in with them because we aren't doing what we gotta do here. Now, what do I, what do I mean by that? Well, what can we do here? America has plenty of energy, uh, but you may remember this. This is Joe Biden in 2020 during the debates. Uh, this is uh, during the Democrat debate, saying that we will not drill on federal lands. To be clear, we have plenty of oil. In and around the continental United States and Alaska, there's some energy up there. Uh, But this was his plan back in
3: 2020. I just want to give him a chance to respond, and then we can come back. Let's stay on. We're, We're staying on this issue.
2: Number one: no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill. Period
1: ends. All right, so that's pretty interesting because I don't know if you know this, but that guy ended up becoming president and he was basically saying, I'm going to destroy the American energy economy. I don't care how many people that puts out of work, what that does to our economy, what that does to your pocketbook, what it does to alliances around the world because other countries were also dependent on energy from the United States. So he has waged war on American energy from the Keystone Pipeline to putting ESG in all of these companies to the Ukraine war. Oh, and uh, I, I guess I'll do a Joe Biden here. I'm pretty sure that we blew up the pipeline. I think we did that because we're one of the only people that could have done it. We said we were gonna do it, but don't, don't clip this, and share this, that's why I'm whispering. Uh, the point guys here is that when you demolish our non-renewable energy, right? Our fossil fuel energy, the energy that we have underground that has allowed more people to become prosperous uh, than could have ever been imagined before, say a hundred years ago, Uh, You will actually destroy sectors of the U.S. economy and abroad, while at the same time, you're going to push nations, as I just said, you're going to push good nations to our adversaries, say Russia, China, and Saudi Arabia. They are going to form new alliances against us. It's what's happening right this very moment. Check this out. This is from Reuters. Saudi prince Mohammed bin Salman cemented a $10 billion deal for a refining and petrochemical complex in China on Friday meeting Chinese President Xi Jinping who urged joint efforts to counter extremism and terror. Saudi Arabia signed 35 economic cooperation agreements with China worth a total of $28 billion at a joint investment forum during the visit, Saudi state news agency SPA said. China is a good friend and partner to Saudi Arabia, President Xi Jinping told the crowd, Crown Prince in front of reporters, the special nature of our bilateral relationship reflects the efforts you have made, added Xi, who has made stepping up China's presence in the Middle East a key foreign policy objective, despite its traditional low-key role there. Trade between the two countries increased by 32% last year, he said. Saudi Arabia also said it was working to add Chinese to the curriculum in Saudi schools and universities. Do you guys get how... Absolutely massive this is, and how it is one hundred percent connected to the failure of this administration. Biden says we will not, uh, we will not allow for digging of oil, and we're not going to do any of this stuff, and we're not going to frack. We're going to basically handicap our own energy sector here, and we're going to do everything we can to get off oil. So then Saudi Arabia, which has a lot of oil, it's going well. Boy, we're sitting on an awful lot of oil. U.S. seems kind of nutty. Can we find a new place to sell oil? And then China, which is a big country, as Kamala Harris would say, big country. It's a big place. It needs oil. They're going through an industrial revolution. They are growing and they are growing fast. So we basically push Saudi Arabia, which is Saudi Arabia is always teetering between the West and the East, right? It's always right there doing some good things, doing some bad things. We now pushed them To China, and now we are back to square one. Biden is now forced because we ain't going to take it from Saudi Arabia anymore. He is forced to drill on U.S. land, even though he just said in those debates that he wasn't going to do it because we are having a a shortage, and it's because he is now pushing all of these countries to Russia, China. Uh, and Iran. And we have a massive problem and they're kind of lining up against us. So yes, you're not going to believe it. Despite what Joe Biden said in 2020 when he was trying to become president, here's what he's doing right now.
2: U.S. President Joe Biden has approved a controversial oil and gas drilling project in Alaska, despite widespread opposition because of its likely environmental and climate impacts. It's known as the Willow Oil Project, The drilling area lies within the Arctic Circle. Activists have dubbed it a carbon bomb. Supporters of the Willow Project say it will create local investment and thousands of jobs. Biden has imposed limits on oil and gas drilling in 16 million acres of Alaska in the compromise
1: move. So you really have to understand what a farce these people are. Biden knew that he was not going to stop all drilling, right? Maybe he was going to stop some of the subsidies. I don't even think we've stopped all of that. But all we have done here is hamper our own nation. And now Biden is going ahead. He's looking around. And despite the activists, because whoever's in charge of Biden, it's obviously not Biden, isn't a completely insane person. They're 99% insane, but not completely. So they are looking around going, boy, we do need some of our energy. We can't be completely dependent on China and Saudi Arabia and Iran and all of these countries. This is not good. So yes, we are going to go ahead and drill. I have no problem with us drilling. I am actually 100% okay with us drilling, and you should be okay with it too. We should be for energy independence. When you are independent as a nation, whether it is financially independent, just think of your own life. When you're financially independent, remember the day you get off your parents' dole, and you go, I got a job, and I got a car, and I got an apartment, and I'm free. You, you start becoming a, a fully actualized person. Well, America could have been a fully actualized nation. We've basically been a fully actualized nation and we are now regressing thanks to these people. They are saying, no, 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 we should not drill. We should not be energy independent, but obviously we should be because when you're energy independent and your economy is self-sufficient and you can produce things like we used to in the United States, we don't anymore, then you don't need things from everybody. You don't have to enter alliances with countries that are doing a lot of bad stuff. You aren't basically held over the barrel uh, when push comes to shove. So he didn't accomplish his objective of pausing drilling. Instead, he's normalized relations between America's enemies, countries that we thought we were against, are now kind of locking up together. Uh, It's not just Saudi Arabia and China. uh, It's Saudi Arabia and Iran. And guess who uh, brokered the deal? China. China.
2: So the big question you may be asking what role did the united states play in bringing two hostile nations with terrible records on human rights together the answer it didn't here's brian Leib, former director of iranian americans for liberty
3: there is no doubt that the optics of this new peace deal between these two countries brokered by china sends a message to the world that the united states of america has lost our position of leadership on a world stage if china is negotiating peace deals between Muslim countries. This is game over for America on a foreign stage.
1: All right, guys, we just have to accept that under this administration, the world alliances are really shifting. People are not looking at America as a leader. America is not looking at itself as a leader. Sure, we'll fund some wars, we'll give money, 100 billion, 160 billion to Ukraine, that sort of thing to keep the money money laundering going there. Uh, But when it comes down to it right now, we are pushing China, Russia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, we're pushing them into a new alliance. And who is our alliance going to be at the end of the day? I don't know. I don't know. Because who would look at us and be like, boy, America does seem like it has good leadership and is on the right track. Most Americans don't think that. So I don't know why someone from another country would. But this is exactly what happens when you let woke leaders prioritize woke policies on a global scale. And when I say that, I am not just using woke in some amorphous term. I'm telling you that ESG and the hyper-racialization of everything and focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion, which have infected every single one of our institutions, which have worked all the way up through into the government, all the way up through all our education institutions, into our energy sector, everywhere. When you focus on that, you will destroy everything that, it touches. So we will get energy shortages while our adversaries will be strengthened. So let's let's connect this to a little bit of what's going on here domestically. Obviously, the big story of the last couple days is the failure of Silicon Valley Bank. And then the government came in, even though everyone's only insured up to $250,000, according to the FDIC. We've all seen that when we go to the bank, they got that little gold sticker on the window when you're handing in your check. Uh, the government came in and bailed them out. So that means that the government takes money, which it doesn't have, prints more of it, devalues money, and makes sure that these banks stay, or that the people, the bank, uh, the people that work in the bank are all going to be fired, all the top up people. But in essence, that all of the people who have deposited money in them will be secure. Now, as I said the other day, I'm not here to, uh, to have anyone's life destroyed and you want checks to be paid and, and people to get what they're owed Uh, But if the government keeps doing this forever, then there really is only one bank and that's the United States and that is a problem. So get this, even on MSNBC, the televised mental institution of MSNBC, even they are admitting that there is a problem related to wokeness as it uh, connects to the banks because SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, they didn't have a chief risk officer for most of their existence. They hired one for just a little bit of time But they had an entire department devoted to diversity, equity and inclusion that might cause you to hire the wrong people to do the jobs, to make sure you're making good investments so your bank doesn't fail. And even on MSNBC, they understand that. I mean, this is bananas.
2: They got tons of new business. They ended up with almost $200 billion. And what did they do with it? They made a horrible move. They didn't even have a, ri- a credit risk officer, a chief risk officer for part of the time. And they invested in treasuries and mortgage-backed securities just before interest rates.
1: They didn't have a chief risk officer for most of the time. I mean, really think about that. You're a bank. A chief risk officer comes in and says, hey, people have given us $100 million. Here are the things we want to do with that money because a bank wants to make money. So we want to invest in some safe things, some risky things. And that way, you know, some things might fail, but some things might succeed. I mean, this is what we all do in our own life with investments and whatever it is that you do with your money. You don't just gamble every, I'll put everything on black. You go to a casino, you might mix it up a little bit and you might go, oh, I can't do everything with all of my money. I got to keep a little bit in my pocket. They did not have a chief risk officer for a certain period of time. This is a problem. But they did have a diversity, equity, and inclusion department to make sure that they had a certain amount of black trans uh, lesbians working there. This is an issue. By the way, uh, I hope this story absolutely blows up. Gavin Newsom, governor of California, evil lizard person, and I mean that literally. I believe him to be a lizard person wearing human skin. Uh, he, not only his wineries, which he has several wineries worth millions of dollars, they banked at Silicon Valley bank. Uh, but it now turns out that he personally banked there as well. And he lobbied Joe Biden to bail out the banks. Okay. So that story is just breaking over the last day or so. Hopefully we'll get more on that. But if you want to see what Signature Bank was focused on, which connects up to everything that we've talked about here, when you look at Joe Biden going, we're not going to drill. He knows it's not the right thing to do, but he knows it's the woke thing to do, right? Because climate is going to kill all of us. Well, what was Signature Bank doing? Uh, What was Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank doing? They were not focused on making proper investments. They were mostly focused on pride and equity and inclusion. Uh, Tucker broke that down.
3: Here is Scott Shea, the chairman of Signature Bank, welcoming his employees to a meeting of the bank's critical pride council. This video is from last December, just months before Signature Bank slipped beneath the waves. And the Pride Council in question, as you will see in a moment, featured a self-described genderqueer transmasculine person called Finn Brigham, who arrived to teach employees about pronoun use. Watch. I'm Scott Shea, chairman of Signature Bank, and it is a pleasure for me to welcome you to this multimedia, multicasted, multispatial meeting of the Pride Council. And I'm just thrilled that there are about 40 people in the room. I understand there are something like 190 people at watch parties. So... Hi to you all at the watch parties. You know, the most common pronouns that folks are familiar with are she and he. Becoming much more common, and I, you know,
1: I don't know if there's anyone in the signature bank world, but probably you have clients that use they, them as pronouns. Um, they're gender neutral pronouns on purpose. We talked about folks that are non-binary that
3: intentionally don't identify as male or female. So some of those folks use they, them as their pronouns. Z is another gender neutral pronoun, um, and the other part of that would be here,
1: spelled H-I-R. All right, first off, the guy had a Hitler mustache. Did anyone notice that? Go back later and watch it. The guy that they brought in to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion has a Hitler mustache. I thought Hitler was supposed to be a bad guy to these people. What is going on here? But do you see the point, guys? Instead of doing anything that had to do with proper banking at Signature Bank and at Silicon Valley Bank, All you do as a banker, try to picture a banker in 1950s New York. You're a banker and you get up in the morning, you put on your suit, you have your coffee at home, you kiss your wife and your kids, you go to the bank. And you know what you do at the bank? You do financial things. People come in and they'd like to open a checking account and a savings account. You sit down with them and you give them a coffee maker or a microwave, old school. And you say, thank you for your business. I will do the best I can with your money. But what they do now is bring on trans Hitler to talk about pronouns. And then you wonder why these places fail. So it's, it's, it's spreading everywhere, guys. I mean, this is the thing. You you could look at Silicon Valley Bank and go, well, I don't care about Silicon Valley Bank, and I don't care about trans-Hitler with his pronouns or her, her pronouns, whatever it is. I don't care about any of that. It has no connection to me. The problem is, in the world that we live in now, these things are deeply connected. So if one bank goes down, people start freaking out at other banks. They start taking their money out. Next thing you know, you find out that your bank actually wasn't doing everything on the up and up either. This is why ESG is so scary. This is why Glenn Beck wrote a whole book about it. This is why we've been talking about it here for quite some time. It's why Vivek Ramaswamy is running Strive uh, Firm and why he's running for president because these companies, all of the large corporations basically in the United States and all over the world right now, they have been infected by wokeism where they focus on things that have nothing to do with the end product, putting out a good product, getting a good result, making actual money allowing people to flourish, et cetera, et cetera. So again, if you don't care about this, uh, you might have to start hiding your cash under your pillow because this is spreading to all kinds of other banks. And by the way, even cash under the pillow or under the mattress ain't gonna work because it's going to, as the banks fail, you're, the cash under your pillow is also gonna be worth less. We've got some info here from CNBC. Shares of Credit Suisse on Wednesday hit another all-time low for a second consecutive day, dropping by more than 24%. At one point during the session, trading in the bank's plummeting shares, uh, trading in the bank's plummeting shares was halted several times throughout the morning. The stock recovered slightly around midday London time, but was still down over 20% for the session. Several Italian banks were also subject to automatic trading stoppages after sharp declines on Wednesday, including Unicredit, uh, Finoco Bank and Monte De Paschi. Hope I got that one right. Uh, Credit Suisse's largest investor, Saudi National Bank, said it uh, could not provide the Swiss Bank with any further financial assistance, according to a Reuters report, sparking the latest leg lower. Investors are also continuing to assess the impact of the bank's Tuesday announcement that it had found material weaknesses in its financial reporting processes for 2022 and 2021. In late 2022, the bank disclosed that it was seeing significantly higher withdrawals of cash deposits, non-renewal of maturing time deposits, and net asset outflows at levels that substantially exceeded the rates incurred in the third quarter of 2022. Credit Suisse saw customer withdrawals of more than 110 billion Swiss francs in the fourth quarter as a string of scandals, uh, legacy risk, and compliance failures continued to plague it. Okay, so without getting into all of the minutia of all of that, and I get it, everyone only has a certain bandwidth for any of this. The point is that the system across the board, which is deeply interconnected, when one bank fails, other banks start failing. But the problem is if you don't let the banks fail and the government comes in and it prints money, then the money is worth less and we get more inflation. We are in a very screwy, precarious spot. You could probably, well, not probably, you can undoubtedly connect all of this to 2018, uh, 2008, when we bailed out all of these banks, we made banks that were quote unquote, too big to fail. That was the whole idea. If these banks are too big to fail, meaning there's so many assets in them that if they fail, it'll wreck the world economy. So what did we do? We made them even bigger, right? And now we're just doing the same thing again. And by the way, I, I can't sit here and tell you that we absolutely should not do anything Because if we absolutely do not do anything, we rip that Band-Aid off, we might have riots in the streets all over the world, like all hell could break loose. Maybe that's really what has to happen in a way to get to a a true reset, not a great reset, but a true reset of reality. But like, I don't want that, right? Like just imagine if all the banks fall, like what, what would actually be happening? The murder and mayhem and everything else. So the point is, all of this stuff is connected, and unfortunately, we are governed by a very unserious set of people. Uh, Even Moody's now has downgraded their outlook of the entire U.S. banking system. We got a little more on that.
3: How should we be interpreting Moody's decision now to downgrade the entire banking sector?
1: Well, it's certainly a sign of continued
3: concern about these banks. Moody's says that uh, they expect that banks are going to continue to remain under pressure for as long as the Federal Reserve hikes interest rates. They're warning they could downgrade six U.S. banks, including First Republic Bank, Western Alliance, and Comerica.
1: Okay, so why should, again, why should you care about that? Well, inflation is going up. That means your dollar is less. So every week that you get a paycheck, the value of the dollar that is in your paycheck, you will be able to buy less stuff. And as we know, the the price increase of stuff, just go to Target, go to Best Buy, go to Amazon, stuff is starting to cost more and at the same time the dollar is worth less. This is a problem when it goes like this. You'd like it to go something like this. That would be nice. Uh, but that's not where we're at right now. So as the banks now get downgraded, what happens is the banks all are looking around and they're going, "Man, we could collapse at any moment. People start taking their money out, they start freaking out a little bit. Then the banks don't want to lend as much because they do it's risky lending in many cases that got everyone into this, right? 2008 it was a housing lending. We were literally lending people that made $50,000 a year. We were lending the million dollar mortgages, not we, the banks, we're lending the million dollar mortgages with, you know, 5% down. So you could put, you know, 20 grand down or something ridiculous on a million dollar house. You'd have no way of paying for it. They did thousands and thousands of these, and then suddenly everything collapsed at once. But, you know, a few people made their money on the way out. So that is what the problem here is. Uh, Carl Icahn, who is an American financier, he's also the founding and controlling shareholder of Icahn Enterprises. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the name before. It's a public company uh, and uh, it's a diversified conglomerate holding company. I wanted to get that just right. Uh, He has a very stark warning for everybody right now. I I told you at the beginning of the show we were going to get to some funny stuff today and I promise you we will, Uh, but this is a very, very dark and stark warning about what is happening to the banking system right now.
0: That system is breaking down, and that we absolutely have a major problem in our economy today. That the system is breaking it out, and one of the major reasons, not the only reason obviously, but one of the major reasons is that you don't have good corporate leadership. So you say, so what? But I'll tell you, so what? If you don't have good corporate leadership in companies, yeah, when the tide is high and things are great, it doesn't matter. And all these guys that run these companies are partying and having a good time and giving themselves bonuses.
1: You know, it's interesting what he said there. You don't have good corporate leadership. So look, it's, it's a conflation or it's a, a connection between two things, right? So on one hand, you, we have bad political leadership. There is simply no doubt about that, right? I'm pretty sure if you're watching this show, you agree with me on that. But we don't have good corporate leadership. Again, what were the people at SVB? and at Signature Bank and likely at Chase and the rest of the banks doing through ESG, as opposed to figuring out what are the best financial services for our clients and our investors and our bank as an entity, let's focus on how many trans people we hire. Let's let's, literally, let's give people promotions based on their skin color and their genitals as opposed to who are the most effective, who are the smartest, and best investors, the people who know how to carry the one, the people who know how to do basic math and can actually make a profit on all of this. So it is two things at once. A huge amount of it is the incompetence and and dereliction of duty of this administration, but but also it is what's happening in our corporate culture because of wokeism. And where has this all led to us? Well, it's leading us an awful lot closer to socialism right? Socialism, in essence, would be as the government and private corporations pretty much work together against the man, right? Against the individual, against you. And how does it always happen in socialist societies? You nationalize everything, right? So you don't have private banks anymore. You have banks that are run by the government. And that basically is what we have, right? Because the banks were supposed to fail, if they weren't doing a good job, right? They were gonna fail if they weren't doing a good job, but you would have been backed by that 250 grand FDIC insurance. But instead, we just come in and save everybody. And again, I get why they do it at some extent. I don't want all hell to break loose. But as we do this, we we nationalize everything, uh, and that is not good, to say the least. Here's former Deputy Treasury Secretary Roger Altman telling us flat out what we are doing right now.
3: What the, reg- what the authorities did over the weekend was absolutely profound. They guaranteed the deposits, all of them, at Silicon Valley Bank. And what that really means, uh, and they won't say this, and I'll come back to that, what that really means is that they have guaranteed the entire deposit base of the U.S. financial system, the entire deposit base. This is a breathtaking step. Uh, which effectively nationalizes or federalizes the deposit base of the U.S. financial system.
1: So, look, I would argue this is exactly what the wokesters want. I, I can't really connect that directly to Joe Biden because he's muddled and he's not in charge. But this is what they would want. Right. They like power and control. So what happened over the weekend? A bank. Through incompetence and then also all the nonsensical things related to the government in terms of inflation and everything else, a bank failed. And instead of letting it fail, letting nature take its course and saying sorry to the people that put your money here, we knew, you know, Silicon Valley Bank was known to do risky investments. If you're Silicon Valley, it's baked into the name of the thing, right? These are, these are speculative companies. These are often, as I described Uh, over the last couple of days, like as a guy that started a a tech company, Locals, you run at a deficit for a while as you're getting investment, but you're not bringing in a ton of money. The hope is you will get enough users to see that your product is valuable. And then eventually you'll figure out how to monetize that. But they were just pouring money into these things. And now we have, in essence, uh, as Altman is saying, we have nationalized these banks and this point, why wouldn't we nationalize them all? And you might go, well, why is that a problem? It's pretty good. Nobody lost their money here. Well, that sounds kind of right, but in woke world, things that sound right are usually very wrong. Because once you have one bank, in essence, you will have one bank, the United States government, all the banks, there'll be no difference between any of the banks. There'll be no competition. There'll be no way that you can leverage one against the other to get a better rate. And then we will all be in a very calcified uh, system where there is no ability to get a better deal. Uh, Mike Cernovich, you remember Mike Cernovich. I've had him on the show a couple times. He used to get a lot of crap for having Mike Cernovich on, but I think he's become one of our better cultural and political thinkers. He had a tweet that I thought summed this up quite well. He said, y'all think cancel culture is bad now? Wait until all banking is consolidated into two or three New York banks because smaller regional banks and credit unions are allowed to fail. Have you thought this through at all or still stuck in 2008 talking points? So what he's saying there is you can see how the system is centralizing right now. If the system comes in and will save certain banks, well, what it could do is say to other banks, we aren't going to save you because we like centralized power. So then the regional banks, through often through not fault of their own, just through bad economic conditions that the government is creating, the regional banks will go away. Now, let's say we have two or three banks and they're deeply, deeply connected to the government. Well, now what happens if uh, you're somebody who's, you know, uh, I don't know, say doing a political talk show and you're saying things that they don't like? could your bank just call you up one day and say, uh, hey, we're, we're cutting you off? That would be a problem, wouldn't it? I would find that to be problematic, as the kids say. Uh, so that's an issue right there. Um, you want flexibility. So we have a major problem right now. The government is going to pick the winners and the losers, and maybe they've been doing it all along. Maybe they've been doing it all along, but it, it seems like it is strengthening right now. So now let's get because again, I said we were gonna show you some more ridiculous stuff and silly stuff and funny stuff. Uh, how am I connecting all of these things? The culture piece of this, guys. We have, unfortunately, our, our mainstream culture has become deeply unserious. It has, it has infected everything to the point that our political elite are woke and don't care about the right things. Our cultural elite are woke and don't care about the right things. And then over time, it degrades everything. Our doctors will not be as effective as they once were. Our pilots will not pilot as well. All of the stuff, the bankers, okay, you got it. So what's going on culturally in America right now? Well, this one is a doozy. Drew Barrymore. Now, I didn't even know Drew Barrymore had a talk show. Did you guys know about this before this clip? Did anyone know about this? Drew Barrymore, I mostly know her from, she's the love interest in several Adam Sandler movies. What was the one where she can't remember anything? What was that, 100 Days of Summer or can't, what was it, Uh, Adams, what was it? 51st Dates, thank you very much. We're fact-checking real time right here, you know what I mean? Uh, But she's usually, she's in a lot of Adams and other movies, and she's done some other things over the years, and she was in E.T., okay, she's just fine. Anyway, I guess she's got a talk show right now. And of course, if you get a talk show in Hollywood, that means you're a woke, leftist, crazy person. So she had Dylan Mulvaney on. Now, you guys may remember Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney is a guy uh, who then started dressing up like a woman and doing all these videos, pretending to be a woman and saying that he was a woman. And apparently, last we checked, but I'm not gonna make you Google it today because you've been doing fine work and I don't wanna wreck your Google searches. Last we heard Dylan still had a penis, but she's she or he has had a bunch of surgeries, looks like a chick on the outside, I think still has a penis. You may remember that he actually, as a woman, interviewed Joe Biden at the White House and Joe Biden said it's a moral responsibility for allowing for allowing genital mutilation. I mean, these people are all insane. Anyway, Dylan Mulvaney, so this is a woman who we believe has a penis, but you'll have to do research on your own, uh, went on Drew Barrymore's show as a woman. And well, this is the craziest lead-in I've ever said about anything. Just watch the thing.
3: There is so much hatred directed at the trans community right now. It's everywhere. And I think the greatest weapon that I can contribute is trans joy and comedy. I look at someone like you and I can't imagine anybody disliking you. Oh, please. Do you know, do you wanna know,
0: ironically, who uh, dislikes me the most sometimes? Who? Myself.
3: Oh, me too. Oh. And, but, I guess, you know, you've asked me now, like, You've asked me, like, what I would do to combat the hate, right? Yeah. But what do you do?
1: I got to tell you guys how relief band did not sponsor our show today because I almost barfed during that. Thank God I have six relief bands wrapped to my uh, lower right leg right now. It's just ridiculous theater. It's all insane. But speaking of theater, did you know that the Oscars were a couple days ago? I didn't watch them. I know I'm a racist. What do I need to watch the Oscars for to be lectured about? Like, I'm a racist, white supremacist, homophobe. I accept it, and then I move on with my day. Jamie Lee Curtis. What? Give me a couple Jamie Lee Curtis movies. She was in Halloween. She was in that show with, uh, what was that show with Richard Lewis and her that was on for a couple of years? Not Mad About You, Mad About Shoe. No, what the hell was that show? Anything But Love? I think it was called Anything But Love. Richard Lewis, Jamie Lee Curtis. Anything But Love? Richard Lewis, Jamie Lee Curtis. Come on, Google this thing. Anything but love, I got it. It was a pretty decent show, actually. Anyway, she's done a couple things over the years. What, what, what was the deal with her? She was born intersex. She had like testicles and a vagina or something. Anyway, great gal. She also has that, she ha, she's big on Activia, which is the, uh, the yogurt when you have stomach problems. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, here she is. Uh, she, apparently she won an Oscar and she's naming her Oscar or she's using the Oscars preferred pronouns of they, them, because of her trans son or daughter, take a look.
2: Hey. Oh, look at this. <laughs> here, here they are. Have we named her? What's her? I'm, th- I'm, I'm in support of my daughter, Ruby. I'm, I'm having them be a they, them. Aww. Um, I'm, I'm gonna just call them them, they, Aww. them. And um, they are doing great.
1: A Hollywood actress hugging and stroking her ridiculous award to, because that she got because she pretends to do something uh, in honor of her trans child is just like the perfect. It's just perfect. It's just perfect. I think we have a picture of her they, them daughter or son. Uh, I will leave that without commentary because my mom's probably watching and she wants me to be nicer. So we'll let that be. Uh, but it never ends. It never ends with these people. The problem with the woke class is you're never good enough for them. Uh, did you guys know that uh, Colin Kaepernick? You know Colin Kaepernick. He was the uh, football quarterback. NFL didn't want to stand for the anthem. Kind of became washed up, and then te- teams didn't want did, teams didn't want to have him. Not necessarily because he was totally washed up, but no one wants to deal with the headache of of having that in the locker room all the time. Uh, but he could stand, or he could sit, and fans could stand or sit, or. Salute the flag or not, everyone, no one's free speech was infringed on. Uh, This is really interesting. Did you know that he was actually, he's black, okay, nobody cares, except for him and the wokesters, uh, but did you know that he was actually adopted by white parents? That's sort of an interesting piece of the puzzle, seeing as he seems to hate white people and whatever he defines as white culture and all that. Uh, Well, now he's turning on his parents because his white parents, who adopted him, a black boy, uh, were somehow perpetuating racism against him. Lori, Lordy, play the video.
2: Who's spreading a message of empowerment in his new graphic novel, Change the Game, written with author and University of Chicago that's professor, that's Eve L. Ewing. It's his true high school coming-of-age story, his journey embracing his blackness, despite resistance from many, including his white adoptive parents. I know my parents love me, but there were still very problematic things that... I went through. And teenage Kaepernick wanted cornrows to match. He's getting what rolls? His mom asked.
1: Oh, your hair's not professional. Oh, you look like a little thug.
2: Your mom Become. said that to you.
1: Yeah. My God, someone's mother encouraged them to dress a certain way or have a certain haircut. That is so racist. That's what parenting is. Like, you want your kid to go out there and look as good and professional and as adult and functional as possible to maybe get a job or do better in school. But no, they adopted a young black boy. That doesn't prove their non-racism. They are still racist. Look, guys, all of this woke culture flooding into our culture and our entertainment it indoctrinates people into voting in woke leaders which leads to the fiscal incompetency the foreign part of policy incompetency and the dangerous outcomes that we are at right now and then what's the other piece of this the lie laundering piece of this the mainstream media or should i say as my friend michael malis says the corporate press they run cover for the incompetent buffoons they run cover for the liars and all of the people who get us into this mess. This, you're gonna need your uh, relief band again. Jen Psaki, okay, she's back, baby. So remember, Jen Psaki, who for two years as, or a year and a half, whatever it was, as Joe Biden's press secretary, she lied more than anyone. Now, cringe Jean-Pierre. Yes, I said cringe, not uh, Corinne. Cringe Jean-Pierre, who's taken over. She's even worse than her, which is incredible, and they should study this. Like, it's, it's just remarkable. But Saki for a year, lies, lies during COVID about everything, right? And what happens? What do you get? Well, you have Democrat privilege. So then you get a gig for a couple hundred grand a year on MSNBC to continue lying. I mean, at least she was qualified in this case, like you're a chief liar over here. We're going to pay you to lie at MSNBC. But then you get to go on all of the talk shows and you get to tell everyone how good you are and how bad everyone else is. So here's Jen Saki on Stephen Colbert. Do I have to do anything else about him this week? Uh, talking about the high standard of journalism and the deep integrity that they have at MSNBC.
3: So if your boss is at MSNBC, which is sort of sometimes called like a liberal fox, I don't think that's entirely fair. If you were asked to do any of that stuff, what would you say? I would say no, but I would never be asked that. But I'm asking, uh, it's an if, it's a hypothetical. Well, I don't do hypotheticals, A. Okay. But, but B, look, I think this is an important piece to dive into because... MSNBC has a very high standard of what is factual. You have to go through a process before you report things on air to- it,
1: It's so incredible. Like, do we have to do it again, right? They lied about the Hunter Biden laptop. They lied about very fine people on both sides. They lied about Jesse Smollett. They lied about January 6th. They lied about Kyle Rittenhouse. They lied about the Covington kids, COVID. <laughs> like These people lie about absolutely everything, okay? Everything and in the book "Rules for Radicals," which is what where most of this stuff comes from, that's part of it. That is part of it. Accuse others of doing exactly what you are doing, right? That is that is precisely what these people are doing. Okay. So, what does Jen Psaki cover over at MSNBC? What does she say on MSNBC? Is she doing hardcore journalism or is she running cover? For the president and for the administration and for the government, which used to be known as what a hack would do, uh, but now it's known as a journalist. Well, here she is just a day or two on MSNBC. Tell me if this strikes you as honest journalism or is this doing PR for an administration?
0: Now, it's important to note President Biden does nothing at 9 a.m. He is a night owl. So the fact that he is doing this at 9 a.m. anyway, speaks to how uh, vital the White House recognizes it is for him to have his voice out there, conveying that to the American public. All
3: right, Steve Ratner.
1: The fact that she was hired by a news organization shows you the fraud right there. Now I will agree with her that Joe Biden probably does nothing at 9 a.m. I actually believe that might be true. But if you think for one second, that Joe Biden is a night owl, and does work at night. He's never seen at night. Isn't that interesting? They can usually put him out. They put him out from somewhere between, I don't know, about 10 a.m. to maybe noon. That's when you get prime Biden, right? And that's basically it. And I don't know if that has to do with the drugs that they have him on or whatever, but you know, there is something when elderly people have the beginnings of dementia, Alzheimer's, et cetera, there's something about that hour. I think they call it the sundown hour, or something like that, that literally as the sun goes down, that's generally when they get more confused. There's probably some physiological reason for that. If you think for one second that Joe Biden is burning the midnight oil and he's up late, you know, picture he's in the White House with the light on in the Oval Office and everyone else is sleeping, but Joe Biden is working and I'm going to... Please, please. Corn pop doesn't work that late either. Uh, So has she called out this fiction yet or not? Uh, Because uh, this was just yesterday and this is Joe Biden 100% lying. So I would hope, Saki, I'm giving you a chance. I assume you'll be on MSNBC later today. Here is a 100% lie by Joe Biden yesterday. You're gonna be on MSNBC today, I assume. So I'm handing you one, Saki. I'm handing you one so that you can tell us the truth about this thing because you guys have journalistic integrity. We're just a bunch of crazy right-wing disinformation experts over here. Enjoy.
2: That we invest more in safer communities and expand access to mental health services for those affected by gun violence. Congressional Republicans should pass my budget instead of calling for cuts in these services or defunding the police or abolishing the FBI, as we hear from our MAGA Republican friends.
1: Uh, Did you catch that, guys? Because, you know, he slurred a couple words there. But did you catch that? Congressional Republicans are calling for defunding the police. Uh, uh. We have a massive compilation of Democrats uh, calling for defunding the police. You've seen it many times. I didn't even want to play it just now because you know it. I don't have to show you everything. Again, you guys are too smart. My audience is actually too smart, so I don't have to show you things over and over and over again. Every now and again, we repeat something to really smack you with it. Ilhan Omar, AOC, blah, blah, blah. You got it. They're the ones that were called for it. So he just lied. So Jen Saki. Saki. Joe Biden just lied. You told Stephen Colbert, another bastion of truth, that you guys have high journalistic integrity and you don't lie. Let's not forget John Heilman, who got demolished by Russell Brand on Real Time with Bill Maher a week or so ago for saying that MSNBC, people don't knowingly lie. Well, okay, Joe Biden 100% lied right there and said congressional Republicans want to defund the police. And because of that, that's why they have to sign his budget. That is a lie, lady. So Jen Psaki, my challenge to you, and I believe we're posting this video today on the internet. It's, we're on the internet right now. That's what they're telling me. That means people are going to see this thing. This thing has been disseminated throughout the universe. You must, Jen Psaki, for the, for the sake of journalism, for the sake of integrity, For the sake of MSNBC, you must tell people the truth. But of course, you will not. You will not. We know you will not. And that is what leads us to the very scary and dangerous times that we are in. Woke leadership leads to bad outcomes. And now we have both. So besides political resistance, which I'm always talking about here, how do we fight it, right? How do we actually fight it? Well, you have to incorporate some good ideas in your own life. That will help right? You have to stop being so reliant on other people and be more reliant on yourself. That's why they want everyone handicapped and fat and stupid and dumb and not knowing what truth is and everything else, because they want you reliant on them. I want you reliant on yourself. Frankly, I don't care what you're doing. Just stay out of my yard. That would be nice. I really, I became the guy. I became the guy. Stay off my lawn. That's where I'm at in life right now. That really is where I'm at. So you know what you have to do? You have to beat them with laughs. You have to watch clips of them and mock the hell out of them. I think we do a pretty decent job of it here uh, because that is the only way you will stay sane because otherwise, and this is why so many lefties are bananas. They watch The View, they watch MSNBC, they think they're watching something true. It has nothing to do with truth. And I believe that truth is so fundamental to the human experience that if you are constantly slammed with something untrue, it, w- you, it will cause you to have some sort of mental breakdown. And speaking of mental breakdowns, here's a clip from The View. Anna Navarro, and Anna, as I always say, I know you live somewhat close to me and I look forward to seeing you. I'll, hopefully I'm going to see you one day. We're going to see Anna Navarro. It's going to be a great day. I'm going to turn to you to say, Phoenix, you have to film this. I'm about to approach Anna Navarro and then she will, you know, throw hot coffee in my face or something. It'll go viral. It'll be very exciting. Uh, here she is yelling. I mean, she's angry now. These, these people are very angry uh, because I think they're losing the narrative a bit. And here she is that Democrats must fall in line. We must fall in line behind dear leader Joe Biden and wizard Kamala Harris. Go.
2: I don't know what the hell is wrong with Democrats. Listen, here's the bottom line, guys. Joe Biden's going to be your nominee. Stop talking about how old he is. And Kamala Harris is going to be your vice
0: president. So stop fretting, stop wringing your hands and get behind your ticket
3: because on the other side, the alternative is Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. So you tell me what you prefer.
1: Lord, I don't speak to you often during the show, but please, please, let the next president of the United States be Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. Please, okay? Because it will send that woman to a mental institution. I don't even know if it's going to fix all the problems, but it will... These people... Are bananas. But you see what I, when I say you scratch a progressive and you find an authoritarian, what does she want? Stop, stop thinking for yourself. You will fall in line behind Joe Biden, cognitively genius Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. That's what you'll do. Awful. You know, what's funny like here, I'm, I'm actually interviewing Nikki Haley this afternoon. We're going to go do that live at the local studio in Miami. I'm going to try to interview all the Republicans. Uh, and I'll, I'll interview any Democrats too. You know, we're going to DC uh, in a week and a half and I'm doing a slew of interviews, like 10 interviews in a day. And we've got all Republicans so far. We've reached out to Ilhan Omar. We've reached out to AOC. We've reached out to like the usual collection of people. And I would gladly interview them. Ted Lieu, you freak. I crushed him today on Twitter. That's, that's how I wake up now. Get off my lawn and I'm gonna crush somebody on Twitter. Um, Parenthood really does change you in a way. It really does. It, 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 I think what parenthood has done to me, sidebar for just a second, it has so solidified the idea that I must fight for a better world. I was doing it already, but now like, I see it, man, and I am not going to let these people win. I just simply am not going to do it. Where the hell were we? What was the point of all that? All right, let's move on to the next clip. <laughs> just to, uh, So Anna and... Okay, okay. Let's just get to the Tucker clip here. So what, what is the risk of all of this? What is the risk when they want people to fall in line and not question the machine and accept that we should have incompetent people governing us? What, what is the fallout of all that? Well, we're seeing the fallout right now, right? But what you must do is you must take a little joy in some of it. Uh, Tucker Carlson, we played a couple Tucker clips on the show today, so thank you, Tucker. Um, you know this guy, Jim Cramer? Jim Cramer's over on, uh, he's on CNBC, and this guy is incredible. Every prediction that this guy makes, he's a market guy, right? He used to, I think he had a show, Mad Money. I'm not sure even if they have that show anymore, but he goes on these shows and he tells people what to invest in, but he always, you know, I'm telling you what to invest in, but don't follow me. He gets everything wrong. Like there's, there's a Twitter account that just follows all of the things that he gets wrong. Well, just weeks ago, not too long ago, maybe it was two months ago, something like that. Uh, he was going on and on about how great Silicon Valley Bank is. Tucker had some fun with that.
3: Here is professional BS artist slash Dumb person, Jim Cramer of CNBC, telling his viewers to buy Silicon Valley Bank, even as it was in the process of going under. This is last month. SVB Financial, don't you want? This company's a merchant bank with a deposit base that Wall Street had been stakily concerned about. SVB, it's the old Silicon Valley Bank. Recently bought one of our favorite research firms, Buffett Nathanson, and, and it's become less dependent upon private equity and venture capitalist offerings. Wait a second. Those dried up last year, they could come back. Long-term private equity and venture capital, they're not going away. Being the banker to these invest, immense pools of capital has always been a very good business. SVB's nearly 40% rally this year is barely a drop in the SVP is great. If that guy ever endorses anything you're doing, move to the Canary Islands. Change your name because disaster's coming.
1: Look, so that's why you have to have fun with this. But also, what, it's hard to listen to Jim Cramer. Like, could you understand? He was like, and then people listened to him. Tucker's having fun with this whole thing. Look at Tucker's new Twitter profile. This is a good one. Tucker Carlson, non-binary climate change activist of color, visionary tech founder, CNBC market analyst, informal Zelensky advisor uh, with two trans flags. Pretty good, Tucker. Uh, That's what you got to do, guys. That's what you got to do. And then to end the show today, this is just perfect. This is just perfect. So Fox Nation uh, aired a documentary uh, where the Nigerian brothers, who were hired by Jesse Smollett, remember the entire thing was a hoax. It was pushed on us by MSNBC and by CNN. Kamala Harris told us this proves systemic racism. Nancy Pelosi, AOC—they all lied about everything. But but that's what they do. They're all professional liars. They fall for everything that fits their narrative. It's so weird. Every every story that fits their narrative is exactly perfect. And when things don't fit their narrative, it's always from a white supremacist or a misinformation specialist, it's wild. Anyway, Fox Nation did a documentary with the Nigerian brothers who Smollett hired for the hoax. Okay, and they they did this in a funny, like this is funny. I, I don't even know how this came to pass, but here are, they're the Asundario brothers. Here they are walking through the events of the hoaxed attack on Jussie Smollett. This is just great.
0: They took our beautiful bench. (laughs) This is where we waited for Jussie to come before we attacked him. So we got here with 10 minutes to spare, and we had to plan our escape route to survey the land. His building is actually right here, right above the stairs that we're going to attack him at. Okay, that's him. Let's go. We got to go get this empire Yeah, that's him. That's him. Is that him? That's that neck. that neck. Get that neck. Oh, he's moving fast. Come on, let's get him. Get that neck. Let's get him. It's MAGA country. Yep. And then he said, what did you say to me? And then that's when I threw the first punch at him. I held the blow, because I didn't want to hurt him, of course. So I made it look real, but I held it. Then we started tussling, moving moving around, and then I threw him to the ground. I came around with the bleach, the infamous bleach in the hot sauce bottle, poured it on his shirt. Then I finally put the rope around his face. I did not put it around his neck. I just placed it on his face, and that's when we took off.
1: We're in the matrix. We really are in the matrix. It's all made up. It's all nonsense. And I seriously hope you laughed or smiled at that. Like, what is going on here? Now, those guys, look, they're not guilty of uh, of nothing. Right? They're guilty of something, right? They took the cash for the hoax and they would have gladly got away with it, but then the whole thing fell apart, fortunately. Uh, but it's like, they're not the true bad guys in this thing. It's Jesse Smollett and it's every Democrat and wokester who fell in for the hoax and tried to use it as a political cudgel over the rest of us, right? Like this proves systemic racism and all the rest of it. Like, oh, it's, we're going to get that empire. <laughs> guys, if you haven't subscribed, join us at rumble.com slash Report. We got a postgame show coming up at Rubenreport.locals.com. My full interview with Russell Brand is up right now. As I said, this afternoon, we're heading over to the local studio to interview uh, Nikki Haley. uh, And then we are going to try to interview everyone who runs for president and I'm gonna treat them all the same. I have my own views. I don't hide them, but I'll treat them all with respect. I'll try to get a little something more out of each one of them and uh, let the best one win. As opposed to Anna Navarro, who you must vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> Kamala Harris is the greatest person on earth. Bow before me. I'm a host on The View. Here's Dave Chappelle on Jesse Smollett to finish us up. And uh, I'll see everybody in the locals chat, uh, post game show in just a sec, okay.
0: The whole country was up in arms. He was talking about it all the time on the news. And, and for some reason, uh, African-Americans, we were like oddly quiet. We were so quiet about this that the gay community started accusing African-American community of being homophobic for not supporting him. What they didn't understand is that we were supporting him with our silence. Because we understood that this was clearly lying. It up at all? He said he's walking down the street in Chicago, and, and, and uh, white dudes come up to him and say, "Hey man, aren't you that from Empire?" Oh, does that sound like how white people talk? I would never say that. It sounds like something that I would say. If you're a racist and homophobic, you're not even gonna know who this nigga is. You can't watch Empire. Black people never feel sorry for the police, but this time we even felt sorry for the police. Can you imagine if you was a police veteran taking this kid's police report? Okay, Mr. Schmouillet, please tell me what happened. All right. 2 a.m. You left the house at 2 a.m. It's 16 degrees. Uh, all right. You were walking. You were walking. All right. And, and where were you going? Subway. Sandwiches?